What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Arnie's. We are three promising high school students with a bright future that give it all up to be with our heroin-dealing sugar mama with nothing better to do. I'm Matt Johnson, and if you don't like my thoughts on Ozark, you can fucking kill me! I'm Keith Baker, and I don't even know who the bad guy is anymore. And I'm Austin Terry, and three really got the short end of the stick this season. He really did. Also, can we talk about how much time has passed <laughs> in between seasons? I think they had to play it a little loose with that, because three went from looking like a baby to like a middle-aged man. <laughs> He's looking good, though. I agree. I agree. So you may not be in the show anymore, three, but you're looking good. Good for you. He's a hotter Rupert uh, Grinch from Harry whoa, Potter. Whoa, whoa. Bold statement, Keith. That sounds a little bit blasphemous. How do you feel about that? Your favorite actor, Ron? <laughs> <laughs> If they ever remake Harry Potter, I want three to be cast as Ron. It's not a bad pick. <laughs> just this Southern guy, not British. <laughs> it's not even Ron, it's just three. Harry, <laughs> yeah. Hermione, and three. All right. On today's show, of course, we'll be talking about the long-awaited fourth season of Ozark on Netflix. But before we get to the cartel-infested Ozarks, Austin, are there any past episodes our audience should be checking out? Yeah, well, last week uh, we were a little late to the game, but we checked out the entire first season of Hawkeye, which of course introduced Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. Jeremy Renner finally got more to do in the MCU than rolling around in the mud with Thor. So what did we think of that story and how did they effectively introduce Kate Bishop to the MCU? We'll go back to that episode to hear our thoughts. All right. So go check out the Hawkeye episode. We have tons of other good stuff out already and more on the way. And with that, let's go ahead and get into today's big topic. When Ozark premiered on Netflix in 2017, it received a lot of fan attention and awards recognition despite some mixed reviews. Jason Bateman was hot off a lot of his comedies, and now here he is leading a drama and thriller series. With a supporting cast full of new and familiar faces, the performances were consistently praised, particularly from those like Laura Linney. Over the years, the show has become not only a fan hit, but also a major critical success for Netflix. Right when that turn happened, though, the creators announced that the fourth season would be its last. It's been split up into two parts, and today we're talking about part one, which just dropped. So, Austin and Keith, I'm super excited to get into this. I'm somebody that binge-watched all three seasons of Ozark within maybe like the last six to nine months, so I haven't had to wait too long for more. But since I know you two are huge fans, you've been waiting two years for this to return and love talking about the show in general, go ahead and give me your thoughts on Ozark as well as your non-spoiler thoughts on Ozark Season 4, Part 1. Yeah, I've been a huge fan of this show ever since it originally premiered way back in 2017. And I think at the time, like so many different networks, including Netflix, were trying to get their Breaking Bad. They wanted that cultural hit that Breaking Bad was. And I, th I think four seasons in now, it's safe to say Netflix accomplished that goal. I think the show is right on par with Breaking Bad. I think it took a little bit of time um, to find its footing, but now I think it's one of the best shows on TV and one of the best things Netflix has ever put out. It's definitely become one of my favorite Netflix originals. The thing that really makes this show for me is just this cast. I think somehow every season, this cast gets better and better. They get more entrenched in their roles. They know how to interact with each other. Particularly, Julia Garner has been the standout for me in this show. And um, I, I think with season four, they found some, some interesting ways to kind of make the show still seem new, despite being on its fourth season now, and also have a really great cliffhanger that I can't wait to see how things wrap up. Um, there's a fun new protagonist involved with the group. There's still that great conflict between Marty and Wendy. And overall, I think the show just continues to find its footing. This show for me is like just super dark. I find it to be actually kind of a little bit more dark than Breaking Bad. I think you're right, Austin. It is up to par with Breaking Bad. The characters in this are so good. Acting's incredible. The setting is just so disturbing and creepy, uh, which is really what draws me to this show. And, you know, going into the fourth season, I kind of like dreaded going into it. I was like, I don't, I don't feel like being disturbed right now. And this show just kind of gives me an overall disturbing feeling. I don't know if it's just like the filter, like the dark filter on it all and just the creepiness of all the characters. But it, once I got into it, it, draw, it, it drew me in right away again. Going to the fourth season, it's still holding um, its energy, its, its pace and all that. The story is still progressing in the way I'm liking. Just can't wait to see what happens at the end. Yeah, just can't wait for the next part to come out. Nice. Um, yeah, so I remember starting Ozark, I guess back in 2017 when it came out, and I, did, I never got past like the fifth episode, I want to say. I feel like I've watched the first five episodes of season one maybe like five times over the years. I kept having to restart because I would wait too long and then... I don't know. And so eventually, like six months ago, like I said, I finally buckled down and watched the whole thing. 
and I enjoyed it. I think I might fall a little bit in line with the critics in regards to season one and two. It was a little bit mixed for me. I think it's good. I think it was always the standouts of um, Jason Bateman, Laura Linney, and Julia Garner. They really held together those first two seasons. I think there was way too many characters, and spoiler alert, they killed a lot of them off pretty quickly, which I think was actually a pretty good decision. I mean, do you guys remember that first like really weird FBI agent that was like trying to take down Marty, but like then he falls in love with one of the Langmores? Like, what a weird character. <laughs> um, anyway, I think season three was leaps and bounds better, and that's where I finally fell in love with Ozark. I was like, God, this is so good. They finally gave Laura Linney more to do. They brought in her brother, who I think was maybe my favorite character like in the entire show. Fantastic. Yeah. So emotional, too. Mm -hmm. So good. And it felt like the conflict was where I wanted it to be. And watching season four, I guess it's kind of hard to talk about because obviously we have a part two coming in a few months. I thought it was good. Um, definitely when thinking about my favorite shows of all time, Ozark doesn't really uh, come close for me. I think it's good. Um, yeah, for some reason, this season just felt off. It felt like Jason Bateman didn't really have a lot of agency this season. It just felt like he was kind of fixing other people's mistakes, like he wasn't really doing much on his own. Uh, I really like Omar Navarro. I thought his intro at the end of season three was awesome. But then here, I guess we won't spoil it yet, but they kind of do a turn on that character very quickly, which surprised me. Um, and I still think the way there are too many characters, they introduced so many new characters this season. I didn't really like any of them with the exception of one. So I thought it was good. I had a good time watching it, but uh, I don't think I liked it as much as you guys. Yeah, you mentioned Marty not having a ton of agency this season. That's actually what I've liked about the whole arc of his character in this show was in the first season, he's kind of, it's kind of his show and he's the one, you know, moving the family down to those arcs and all that. And then very quickly, this, this business he chose to get into spirals out of his control and kind of everything since the end of season one has really been really been off the rails in a way where he can't control it. And it feels like he's just kind of hanging on and trying to do what he can to like stay, just basically stay alive. And I think that's what I've really enjoyed about Marty's character. And I think that's why season four worked for me is because I think he thought there was a different plan with Omar. Whenever the events of season four transpire, he's just along for the ride once again. And I, I think that's what I love about Marty Bird is he always thinks he's going to regain control and it, it never ends up working out that way for him. Yeah, to me, he felt a lot more, even though, he is more out of control. It's like he almost accepted that he's out of control in all of this now. He's a little bit more laid back about it. And like you said, Austin, he's just trying to like fix everybody's mistakes now. He's not so much trying to create anything new anymore. Now he's just trying to wrap up what already he's created. He's very, he's very chill this season, which yeah. I think is another kind of interesting arc for Marty Bird because he used to be a stress ball. And now it's just like nothing phases him, it seems like, anymore. I was telling Austin the other night, my new favorite Marty Bird quote is just him going, yeah, I know it. <laughs> and then that's just the end of the conversation. <laughs> all right. So before we start, like, it sounds like we're all really trying to tiptoe here and not spoil anything. So let's go ahead and drop the spoiler warning. It sounds like we all, at the very least, recommend season four. I, I definitely was the lowest on it, but still had a good time. So go check it out and then come on back so you can hear all of our spoilery thoughts. Welcome to Spoiler Territory. Before we get into all of our good thoughts, let's go ahead and set it up. After infamous drug kingpin and leader of the Navarro cartel, Omar Navarro, has Helen Pierce killed, Marty and Wendy Bird are left to return to the Ozarks in an effort to get their FBI contacts to agree to give Navarro full immunity from prosecution and to travel freely between the U.S. and Mexico. Of course, it's not going to be super easy because Navarro's sadistic and ambitious nephew, Javi, doesn't trust the birds, so that will surely lead to some fun. And Ozark is created by Bill DeBecke and Mark Williams. These two are perhaps best known for writing The Accountant, which we actually did talk about on our Surprising Movies episode. Um, and fun fact, neither one of them had created a show before Ozark. This season saw episodes directed by Andrew Bernstein and Alik Sakharov, who have both directed episodes in the past seasons of Ozark. Uh, this time, though, they were joined by great actor Robin Wright, who directed episodes six and seven. And our score for Ozark is composed by Danny Bensey and Sonder Jurians. Going into our cast, we have Jason Bateman as Marty Bird, Laura Lenny as Wendy Bird, Julia Garner as Ruth Langmore, Sophia Hublitz as Charlotte Bird, Skylar Gardner as Jonah Bird, Lisa Emery as Darlene Snow, Charlie Tahan as Wyatt Langmore, Jessica Francis Dukes as Maya Miller, Damian Young as Jim Rattlesdorf, Adam Rottenberg as Mel Saddam. Katrina Link as Claire Shaw, and we got Alfonso Herrera as Javi, 
and Felix Solis as Omar Navarro. All right, guys, there's our cast and crew. Any positives, any negatives, what you got? I think I'll give my standout to Alfonso Herrera as Javi. Every time this guy is on screen, he just steals the scene for me. I think he's so intimidating. He's so scary. It's crazy to me how he can flip from having like a very nice dinner in Chicago to like murdering a man the next scene. Like the way he flips that character where he's like really charming when he wants to be, but then just so dark. He was a standout for me for sure this season. I'm going to shout out, and while I think she was a little weaker this season, but throughout the whole show though, is Lisa Emery as Darlene Snow. She is just so creepy. I hate that she acts all nice one minute, but then she'll just shoot you with a shotgun the next minute and does not, does not have any problem burying you in her backyard. Uh, but this season, I think I got a little bit weaker for me, but overall, she's one of my tops. Yeah, I don't think there was an issue with the performance this season. I think they just kind of ran out of things for Darlene yeah, to do. Yeah, her character. I love the way, I love the terminology Darlene chooses to use. Where she's like, why, it's my lover. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, God. <laughs> I, like, I like when he's like, she's my girlfriend. <laughs> Laura Lenny as Wendy Bird. I think she's really grown a lot on me, uh, especially the past two seasons where it's almost, where I made my comment in the beginning, I don't know who the bad guy is anymore. I feel like sometimes Wendy can be the bad guy. Yeah, I really want to talk about Wendy Bird more as we get into this episode, because I think Laura Linney's performance is fantastic. I think Wendy Bird is my least favorite character in the show in a good way. I, I just think, I think she is genuinely the most evil person in this show. She's definitely the Walter White equivalent of the show. She hasn't flat out said it, but she's clearly doing all of this because she enjoys it. Whereas Marty hates what he's doing. He's doing it because he has to, or they'll die. But now I think over the years, Wendy has definitely grown to like it, which is an interesting dynamic. Uh, kind of similarly to Keith, uh, I think they didn't have quite as much for this character to do this season, didn't really love her story. But Julia Garner's always great as Ruth Langmore, so shout out to her. And then the other one, because uh, we haven't really seen too much of him up to this point, but he was kind of front and center here, was Felix Solis as Omar Navarro. Thought he was great, kind of like I mentioned at the beginning. I definitely didn't expect to like basically within the first few minutes have a switch where he's no longer wanting to be, you know, this, you know, drug lord cartel leader. Now he wants out. So I thought that was surprising. Um, but yeah, he was always great. He was scary when he needed to be. There's still like this weird empathy that he sometimes randomly shows, which is kind of fascinating for somebody like him. And in particular, kind of tying into your last point there, I think he and Wendy have a very uh, interesting back and forth, which was always fun, especially because him and Marty was always antagonistic, but him and Wendy, there was kind of this weird connection there. That's my favorite thing about Omar is you you never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Like you never know if he's going to be a jerk, if he's going to be nice, if he's going to be intimidating. Like I, I think he's so unpredictable and that's what I've really enjoyed about him this season. All righty. Well, that's our cast and crew talk for Ozark season four, part one. But before we get into our freeform discussion here, let's go ahead and check in on what the critics are thinking so far of Ozark. So after receiving mixed to positive reviews in seasons one and two, season three of Ozark reached universal acclaim status, scoring a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Season three's biggest positive change were the fact that many felt that the show finally found its footing character and plot-wise. While things were getting harder for the birds, Laura Linney was getting more of the spotlight. Season four is currently sitting at a 93%, so not far behind at all. The website's critical consensus reads, Ozark hasn't gotten out clean just yet, but its mesmeric performances and taut suspense signal that the Birds clan are as entertainingly resourceful as ever. Not a lot out there quite yet in regards to specific positive or negative reviews, uh, so what I could find is that some felt that the show did a good job setting up the impending ending. The performances are still universally praised, of course, particularly Julia Garner this season. On the negative side, though, some of the new characters felt forced in, and some of the legacy characters like Darlene Snell and Wyatt Langmore just don't feel like they really have much of a use on this show anymore. The most divisive thing I could find, which I was very surprised, was nothing to do with the performance, but the character of Javi specifically. Some people were kind of didn't love how he was used, which we'll definitely get into because I was surprised to see that personally. Anyway, what do you guys think? Any major standouts there? Um, I don't know if I really had anything to point out. I guess with the, the Javi stuff, I... They're having a problem with that. He's the most divisive thing. Yeah, it was just the character. Uh, some people, like the one thing I did agree on is that he just pops up constantly. And it's like, oh, he's here. Did he just 
fly back here again? <laughs> That's <laughs> like, true. He's every single scene there. starts with Marty like, oh, you're here. I kind of like that, though. I kind of did, it too. Just, it makes him so unpredictable. You never know when he's going to show up and throw a wrench in their plans. Yeah. I did like how he showed up in Chicago when they were there and like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> and they tried to act like all <laughs> nonchalant about it. Like, what the fuck's this guy doing here? Go to dinner with him. Yeah. Also, part of it, maybe, from what I gathered, was like, again, it kind of ties back to the Omar thing. It's like, oh, wow, you know, he just had Helen Pierce killed in the big cliffhanger of season three. He's obviously the big bad because we've seen like enforcers of the Navarro cartel up until this point, but we have never met him. And then within the first few minutes, it's like, oh, OK, I guess he's not the big bad because now he wants out. So like very quickly, Javi is actually set up to be the big bad. I think some people maybe had been disappointed with that after waiting for two years. And it turns out Omar Navarro just wants out. And now here's this new guy. I know the complaint wasn't specifically about the performance, but there, I think the reason why the Javi character is working for me so well in the first part is I think the performance is just so good that mm-hmm. every time he shows up, while it is unpredictable and sometimes a little forced, I'm like happy to see him because I. I want to see how he's going to steal the scene again. Yeah, I get, I agree. He's great. Another positive I thought was interesting is that they felt like part one sets up well for the ending. I want to get your guys' take on this. Do you think they should have divided the season into parts one and two? Are you happy they did that? Or do you do you wish we had the full season to talk about? I'm kind of indifferent about it, to be honest. But it would have been cool to have the full season because, just because I want to know what happened so bad. I'm, I'm sure they did. a. There was a reason behind them splitting it up just to build that suspense even more. I'm really wondering if there's going to be a time jump in part two. No idea. Ooh. Listening to Jason Bateman talk, it just sounds like whenever they made the decision to do another season, it sounds like, you know, the creators and writers didn't have much more story to tell. So it sounds like they came up with like 14 episodes, which wouldn't be enough for two separate seasons. So they're like, okay, then we'll split that up into like smaller seasons. So I get on the one hand, it's kind of cool because clearly there's an ending. You know, they're writing towards an ending. They're not going to draw the show out, which is cool. I also kind of appreciated it, even though I didn't love this season as much as three Uh, seasons one and two. Part of the reason I think it was hard for me to get in initially is these are long episodes. Like they're all like over an hour usually. And when it's 10 episodes per season, like it can it can get a little lengthy. I remember those first two seasons in particular, when I wasn't even loving the show that much, it was like, wow, this is a little bit of a slog sometimes. So I did like that, you know, this one felt a little bit quicker and they had something to say. Uh, But then, you know, to I guess play devil's advocate to that. With like part two coming out in just a few months, it sounds like it kind of makes you go, well, maybe they should have just released all 14 episodes at once. So I don't know. Maybe to your point, Austin, there's a reason like there'll be like a big time jump or something. But I don't know. I enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah, I'm in Keith's camp where I just want to know what happened so badly that I wish we had it all right now. But then on the flip side of that, I'm just happy there's more Ozark content coming. I'm glad it's not over right now and I have something else to look forward to. Yep. Oh, sure. All right, so that's what the critics had to say, of course, but now let's get into our specific thoughts. We each brought some discussion points, some things that we're itching to talk about. So I'll just start us off real quick with some general thoughts. Just wanted to open it up to you guys. Is there anything stand out about this season that we haven't already mentioned? Yeah, I want to talk about Charlotte. Um, I like how there's been a little bit of conflict every now and then between her and Jonah. Uh, the thing I found really interesting about Charlotte's character is she's starting to feel like a young Wendy, especially in that scene with Helen's daughter in Chicago. There's some oh, moments yeah. where I'm like, damn, you're, you're kind of scary this time around Charlotte. Yeah, I forgot all like about how much involvement she had with them. If they were still kind of keeping her in the dark with everything or if she just knew everything that was going on with the family business. So I, that I was a little bit confused about coming into this season because I just couldn't remember. But yeah, you're, you're right, Austin. She does kind of feel like she's in the Wendy camp. Not really empathetic towards Marty and Jonah's feelings on things at all. Just kind of more like, oh, we got to do what we got to do to get it done and, and lie to whoever we have to lie to. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think she's a mixture, like a perfect mixture of both her parents. Like she's capable of doing the things that Wendy does. But I do think she's like her dad in the sense that what like if this ends and like they have they can go live scot free. I think she would be happy with that. Like I think she wants out. She doesn't want to do this. But she's mm. capable of doing it and she's accepted. We just have to do this crazy bad stuff so that we can get out. I think she, because she's the older one, I think she kind of understands the situation. And yeah. also, I mean, the obvious kind of fun thing about it is she was the one in the beginning of the show that hated it. And now she and Jonah have basically flipped. He was kind of, when he was much younger, he was kind of okay with the situation. And now obviously he's not. So it was a fun little flip they did. Let's talk about... Um... The sheriff getting killed at the beginning yeah. of the season. Mm. Was that a kind of a shock to you guys? Yeah. Since he's been around for so long? 
I thought it was effective in the fact that it, it made Javi feel more intimidating because the sheriff survives so much through these seasons and then he meets Javi and he's dead in a minute. And then just him showing up at the bird's house. I solved your problem. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I think it was the right thing to do because the show is ending because that sheriff, um, as we know, you know, he seems like a nice enough guy, I guess, but he was like being blackmailed by the Snell so he could never really do his actual job. He just had to let them buy, basically. But since Darlene, I think, as you guys talked about already, was running out of stuff to do this season, I think it was the right move to have him killed early so that you can bring in a sheriff that's actually trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, because he that the original sheriff was just so tied to Darlene's story, and there's really not much of her story left, so it kind of makes sense for him to die. And then, like you said, Austin, it ends up, you know, being two birds, one stone, because then it makes Javi, like, way more of, like, a interesting and scary force. And the new sheriff, I'm, I'm really, actually really interested in the new sheriff, because she's yeah. digging around and she's not tied to anybody. So, actually, exactly. I think having the, this new sheriff is a fun element for the show, too. It also makes me wonder, like, if the birds end up getting caught, let's say, like, in part two, basically, I actually genuinely don't know who's going to be the one to take them down. Even though I don't really like the Mel, the PI character, they might be setting that up that, like, this random guy actually figures it out. It could be the new sheriff. It could be Maya. Like, it's kind of interesting. That there's, like, a bunch of new characters, and I don't know who could be, like, who could be responsible for the birds' downfall is kind of an interesting thought. That's actually something I'm not loving about the FBI's broader involvement in both season three and season four. I kind of like the birds as these like unseen forces. And now that the birds are so closely tied to the FBI, they're kind of just out and about, like not hiding their public personas at all anymore. And that's kind of taken away some of the like mystery elements of the show for me. I thought it was interesting. It kind of ties into my Omar thoughts where I was really surprised that basically all of a sudden he's introduced and he like he wants to you know, get out, you know, get the FBI to help me. So I guess it made sense to bring the FBI in more, but I am with you, Austin. Despite that, I didn't really love the involvement. Maybe if it had ended more strongly, I'd feel differently because I actually really do like the Maya character, but her decision at the end was so rushed and was just frankly stupid. I mean, they kind of set it up that like she feels betrayed that her FBI higher ups went behind her back to do the Omar deal, basically. And her response to that is to publicly arrest him. I was like, oh, my God. So if they had ended maybe that storyline more strongly, I'd feel differently. But I think right now I'm kind of with you. I didn't love how involved they were. Interesting twist, though, that I want to see how it yeah. impacts the future of the season. And again, the PI immediately calls her. So it sounds like they're going to somehow team up and maybe I don't know if they would take the birds down. I don't know what they'll do, but they're clearly now tied together. So let's get into Navarro's kind of a broader plan for this season, and, and that's him wanting to get out of the cartel business clean and being able to move freely between the U.S. and Mexico. I, I know we touched on it briefly, but let's get into some more detail here. How did this change kind of work for y'all this season? I think it actually ties back to your FBI more involved thing. I think if it wasn't for that, the FBI wouldn't be involved, right? I think it would just be another season of Marty laundering money and then Wendy I guess Wendy's storyline, maybe that wouldn't have changed as, changed as much. She probably would have still been doing the whole politics thing. But yeah, maybe it would have just been more of the same. Yeah, I'm glad that it added a new element to the show. Um, it, it did kind of twist the overall goal, I think, though, where the birds aren't really launderers anymore. Like That's not the focus of this season. It, it's more so their relationship with the FBI. So that, that shift, I'm not sure if I completely love it yet. I think I'll have to rejudge that when I see the full season. The, the thing I wanted more of with this is... The cat and mouse game between Omar and Javi, with with Javi not knowing that Omar wants out, yeah. and Omar trying to get out, and like giving up info to the FBI. That stuff I thought was really fun with Javi getting frustrated, but it, it's really only like an episode of the season. Yeah, I did I did like that factor because yeah, because at the beginning Omar mentions to the birds like Javi's probably gonna want the power, and if he sees any sort of weakness in me, he's gonna take it. I might as well get out clean and give him the business, and at the same time that I give him the business, I'm gonna burn him. Yeah, I like that too. Um, again, another confusing thing for me come the finale is then kind of talking about the cat and mouse game. It would have maybe felt a bit better if they had done more of that because at the end when Hobby's about to kill Marty and then he's like, answer the phone, it's it's Omar. And then he answers it. Like Javi has apparently no issue with the fact that Omar has been working with the FBI. Like it's just like, okay, yeah, I'll take over for 10 years. That's a great deal. 
And obviously he still doesn't know that Omar was going to burn them and bring it all down. But still, it felt a little bit weird to me that there wasn't a little bit more set up for that. It was just like, OK, sounds good. I think Javi is going to be a pain for the FBI. Like they kind of set that up in that meeting. What I thought was weird about that was that we didn't hear their conversation yeah. in that scene. And like what? Because <laughs> Omar clearly only says one thing. So did he go? Hi, Javi. I'm working with the FBI. <laughs> OK. You just hang so. Obviously, you know, Julia Garner, ever since the beginning of this show, has been winning Emmys and has been praised for her performance. I think she's just as good this season. Uh, but this was kind of like we talked about with Darlene and Wyatt. This was the first season where it felt like they couldn't fully figure out what to do with her character because she's now just working with Darlene and Wyatt and their story is kind of slowing down. So it kind of feels like hers is by proxy. So what do you guys think of Ruth in general? Obviously, that ties into Jonah, bringing him over and all that. Basically, she's just trying to do like all the money laundering that Marty used to on her own. Yeah, it kind of feels like they don't want Ruth to fully commit to being against the birds. Because that's where they left that season three, was she was joining Darlene and she was no longer going to be with the birds. But but then she kind of ends up working for both factions. That was kind of a weird element for me. But I mean, I thought Ruth was just as great this season as she has been the past few times. And I'm super excited to see how she interacts with Javi in, in part two. The thing I've always liked about Ruth's character is her relationship with Marty. Because it feels like if it wasn't for Marty, she would not be with the birds any longer. Oh, she hates Wendy. There's no way yeah. she'd be with I the I think birds. the only reason she can hang with the birds a little bit is because of her relationship with Marty. And, and that he kind of taught her everything that she knows and kind of made her who she is now as far as the money laundering and all that. Actually, one of the things I liked about this season is they established that she still kind of has that insecurity that she can't do this without Marty. And I think she kind of learned she can't and she had to go get Jonah. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was fun. And I, I did really like the Jonah-Ruth relationship this season, too. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I really love the scene where Marty like picked up a six pack and went to the trailers and he and Ruth had a nice conversation. They're, they clearly love each other. They're family. That's maybe the most interesting thing for me in part two is where their relationship ends. Like, is one or both of them somehow dead? Do they kind of end on good terms? I have no idea. Uh, so I liked whenever Marty was involved with Ruth's story, it was good. When she was kind of on her own, it was a little bit hit and miss. Like, when she just kind of randomly goes and brings in this, like, celebrity chef <laughs> to be part of the heroin business, I was like, does this really matter? I don't think so. You could probably cut this out. Um, but, you know, Julia Garner's still great, so I'll take more of her. Have no idea where she's going in the future. Uh, clearly, the idea of her going after Javi's interesting. I didn't expect for their storyline specifically to cross over. So sounds like even though we got a little bit less like good quality Ruth content than I was hoping for in season four, part one, they're kind of setting her up to be a pretty huge focus in part two. So I'm excited for that. And I think it's important to remember, too, that Ruth has only ever had negative interactions with the cartel. Season three, they waterboarded her to, to see if they could bring oh, her into yeah. the business. So she has no love at all, no loyalty to the Navarro cartel. So I, I actually really love that final scene when both Wendy and Marty are like, do not kill this man, please. And she just yeah. does not give a shit because she doesn't care about the cartel at all. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't affect her business at all anymore. <laughs> so, no, not at all. I mean, do you guys think Ruth is going to be the one that ends up on top at the end of this series? I honestly think Wendy might end up on top because I think she's willing to sacrifice anybody. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if she had Marty killed, if she had to, to survive. Mm. In a weird way, I feel like Wendy might end up dead just That's because what I was thinking. there's this weird, I don't know if I love it, but like this season especially kind of made the weird turn where it's like, oh, Marty, despite all of his actions, is actually kind of a good guy. He's a family man. He's willing to do what it takes to keep Jonah and Charlotte a part of the family. He's a good guy. Uh, so there might be kind of a thing where they, like she ends up getting killed and then Marty is left standing just kind of to get out. But again, I don't know. Um, I also can see a future where Ruth ends up dead, obviously, the Langmore curse. I wouldn't be surprised at all if she goes on this like vengeance trip and gets killed in the process. So I don't know. I'm not sure he's going to be left standing. What do you think of the new, you mentioned Jonah there, what do you think of kind of the new conflict this season between Marty and Wendy, and that's over how to handle Jonah's rebellion? Jonah was so fucking annoying this season. <laughs> like, I'm not even talking. Oh, really? Yes, really. What are you, you guys are crazy. I'm so surprised. I didn't find him annoying. Ugh. I found Wendy annoying, like, oh, in that I situation. Did, I did too. But 
I just felt like Jonah crossed too many lines this season. Um, it's one thing to get back at your mom who killed your uncle. So I'm not saying he can't hate Wendy. In fact, he probably should. But the thing that felt too far with the character was that he was basically kind of like you said with Ruth. Like she doesn't care. She's not thinking ahead right now. She just wants to kill Javi. Like you said, there's no love loss between her and the cartel. So she doesn't care, which is cool. But for Jonah to his hate for Wendy is somehow allowing him to destroy his whole family, which is just dumb. Like whenever he tells Ruth in that same scene who killed uh, Wyatt and uh, Darlene, it's like, look, I get it. You hate your mom. But by telling her that you're like dooming you and your entire family. Like, why are you doing this? I think he's so tired of the of the lies, though, because he saw his par- <sighs> he saw his parents not willing to give up information when when Ruth is clearly hurting and Ruth is someone that's important to their family. When it, I think for Jonah, when it comes to their parents, he's just so sick of how easily they lie. And I like I think whenever that happens, it makes him so angry that it clouds his judgment. I get it. But I mean, honestly, at this point, with the way they handled it, if like the cartel ends up taking out one or more of the bird family, it's going to be Jonah's fault. And like the whole season, he's like talking to Charlotte. He's like, Charlotte, you got to go to college. Like you have to have your own life out of this. But at the same time, he's like damning both Charlotte and his dad because he hates his mom. So that's where the Jonah character got kind of annoying for me. And then on top of that, also just like a little thing. It's like, I'm Jonah. I hate my mom. I'm going to launder money for Ruth because she hates my mom, too. I'm going to go work at the hotel, but then I'm still going to live at the house and eat dinner with them. Like, what are you <laughs> doing, dude? Like, he's like, I hate you, but I'm still going to come home and sleep here. <laughs> it's like so weird. The thing that actually did annoy me about Jonah is I, I really enjoyed the Jonah and Ruth dynamic this season. But then the fact that he's giving information to Darlene, and, that yes, was where he crossed the line. A bit another for me. one. Why, Jonah? <laughs> Why? Well, she kind of puts him in that ultimatum like, you can't wear you can't wear two pants. You got to pick a family. You better be loyal to one. That's that's who. If you're gonna be with my family, you gotta be loyal. You want to work with me and my lover? <laughs> She's my girlfriend. She's my girlfriend, dude. <laughs> we do gotta get into the hottest couple to ever grace our TV screens, Ooh. and that's Darlene and Wyatt, baby. <laughs> we we already talked about it. Um, it is kind of shocking to think how important Wyatt was to the story, um, both plot wise and like also how he reacted to things. In seasons one and two, I loved him so much. I still think Charlie Tahan is a great actor and he's really good in this show. Like, I always think of the moments where Ruth is working with Marty and then both, what was it? I guess Wyatt's dad and uncle are both killed under mysterious circumstances. And he knows that Ruth and Marty know about it. So he was always this great character that was part of Ruth's family, but always pushed her to be more honest and like not work with Marty Bird or Wendy because they're bad people. And now his story kind of culminates, like thinking back to that and now looking at it now, it's just like, he's just married to Darlene and then he dies in like the most unceremonious fashion for like a main character. So kind of disappointing. I guess I feel similarly to Darlene. I think she definitely overstayed her welcome in this show. They probably should have gotten rid of her earlier. And then I wish they could have done something more interesting with Wyatt. I mean, their storyline was by far to me the weakest part of the season. I, I totally agree with you that they ran out of things to do with Wyatt and Darlene. The thing I think I really like about Wyatt's character specifically, though, is if you kind of like zoom out and look at the trajectory of this character from season one to how he ended up in the first part of season four, the bird's impact on the Langmore family has been so like drastic because the birds showed up in the Ozarks. Almost every member of this family is dead. Wyatt is so grief stricken from their from their impact that he is now living with a heroin dealer who's 70 years his senior and making love to her, apparently (laughs) giving up on high school, burying bodies in the yard. So I get he had nothing to do, but I think Wyatt specifically shows the impact the birds have had kind of on this region specifically. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, he's buried at least like three or four bodies now. But it is kind of cool how that even takes a toll on him and how he's even questioning his relationship with Darlene towards the end. Where he almost breaks up with there and and runs off with Ruth, uh, but of course you know he's kind of too weak to do it, so he stays with her. And he proposes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he goes her from instead. he's gonna he, when he goes to her house to break up, and then he ends up proposing. <laughs> I mean, what do you guys think about the death scene? I I personally thought it was actually kind of effective that Javi had no problem just killing them quickly, and that was the first time you actually see Darlene like scared whenever she sits yeah, down. That was cool. That's a good point. 
I think she's scared for Wyatt too. I think yeah. I think it's Wyatt's with her in that scene is why she's a bit more scared. Because I think she did actually love Wyatt. Oh yeah, I think she did too. I mean, she loved Jacob, but she still killed him. So like, yeah, she has a weird relationship with love, but she definitely did. Yeah, I liked how quick Darlene's death was. Like it was so unceremonious because she's kind, she's kind of like a dirty character in the show, and she's always played dirty. So I like that it was kind of, like she didn't get like a big like ceremonious death, but then. I thought Wyatt was going to make it out for yeah, a second. Yeah, me too. And then Hobby just turns around. Which obviously he's not, but we still hope he would, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked how it was unceremonious. I definitely thought it was effective. Again, I was kind of sad because it's like you think about how important Wyatt used to be in the show, and then here he is at the end of season four just getting shot in the head. But it kind of then works in that same way that it kind of made me sad. And it also, I liked it because it made sense. Like, kind of like how I talked about with how some of Jonah's actions didn't really make sense. I know Darlene is like this bigger than thou person and thinks that she can do no wrong. But like the fact that Marty and Wendy repeatedly told her, look, we don't care about your heroin operation. You can do it. We're totally fine with that. We're just telling you and we're not even friends and we're still telling you they the cartel will kill you like they are not OK with this. Like they have told us. So you should stop because you will be killed. And then whatever Wyatt and then Zeke, the baby, get involved. It's like they tell her again. Like for their safety, essentially. And so the fact that, you know, Javi and in, in like literally in Javi's first scene in the show, he talks about what are you going to do to that woman dealing heroin in the Ozarks? And it's like, oh, we'll figure it out. You know, we're working on it. And so I like that basically the second he's in charge and given FBI immunity, he just kills them because it's like, we told you to stop. You didn't. You're dead. <laughs> so I liked how it kind of made sense for Javi's character, too. Another death we get before Darlene and Wyatt was Frank Cosgrove. So did you guys like how we're doing another, like, cleaning the roster up here towards the end, getting rid of some main characters in order to make room for others later on? Yeah, I thought this was a great choice because, Matt, you mentioned it. This show does tend to get a little crowded. And I always thought the addition of the Casey mob was like, all right, this is a lot to keep track of now. You got the mob, you got the Snells, you got the cartel, you got the birds. So I kind of like, too, once again, like, it's just Darlene being unpredictable. You know, and th this guy, the second he shows up on their property screaming at her, you're like, oh, dude, you just yeah. signed your death warrant. I did like the story with Frank Jr. this season, yeah, though. I, I thought too. that was way, I thought that was a good thing to come out of the, the whole Kansas City mob story. Yeah. Really curious how Ruth, I mean, clearly Ruth and him are going to somehow team up next season, you have to imagine, and maybe work together to kill Javi. I don't know. Um, but kind of what you said there, Austin, is uh, the reason I didn't like this scene uh, I do think, you know, Frank Cosgrove Sr., while I do like that actor, like the character, uh, definitely felt a bit overcrowded. So his death wasn't, you know, out of the question for me. It was kind of goofy. Like he knows Darlene and he knew Jacob. So it's like, I'm going to go. I'm like the leader of a mob and I'm going to go alone to Darlene Snell's house and yell at her. <laughs> like, did you think you would get out of this alive, dude? <laughs> like, what a dumb choice. But. Despite that, I thought his death was kind of surprising and fun, so I enjoyed it. Uh, just thought he made a really dumb decision. <laughs> yeah. I love how she just casually walks to the yeah. coat rack. That was probably the most the most predictable moment throughout the entire series. Easily. As soon as he stepped foot into the house, you're like, Frank's uh -oh. gone. That's it. <laughs> you know, mess with me and my lover. <laughs> That's my girlfriend. <laughs> I know we got to start wrapping up here, but what do you guys think about uh, the pharmacy storyline this season? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, and yeah, this is something that kind of has happened with me in Ozark. And Austin, you kind of just talked about it. It's like whenever they introduce the KC mob, I don't know. There's just something about my brain where it's a little bit hard for me to track all these different things. It's like, OK, how does that work? Who's actually in charge? Who's running this specific thing? And the pharmaceutical thing, I got a little bit confused because it like it ties into Javi's story with like the heroin. But then it also ties into Wendy's story of recruiting all these politicians. So it kind of got a little confusing for me. I didn't always understand what was going on. So, yeah, I thought it was fine. I, I thought, you know, it took up a lot of the show, but it worked well enough for me. But I'll definitely admit that I, I didn't always know kind of uh, the inner workings or what was happening. The thing I liked about it is, is one, I thought the actress that played Claire gave a great performance. Uh, but two, clearly this is not a clean family by any means, like because they own a pharmaceutical company. but. It's just another family that the birds are bringing in. They're dirty now because they're interacting with the cartel. I, I think it just really, sh every time they do this each season where it's like um, either with Sam or with uh, the Blue Cat Lodge, like the birds just infect all these other families and get them tied into the cartel's dealings. Yeah, it really showed like how much balls the birds really have, especially with that scene when they're asking Claire to get involved and say, this is how much you could save if you go through the cartel instead of 
uh, going through your local whatever markets that you're using. You could say $300 million a year or something like that. And they always make it seem like they have a choice when they're bringing new people in. And really they don't because they make the deal seem like, why would you walk away from this? The cherry on top with that is goes back to Wendy being evil and using her brother Ben as a, as a fake example for getting hooked on uh, opioids, even though he wasn't. Did you guys remember that? Because it's not the show's fault, but even though I watched it more recently... Whenever they were talking about that, I was like, oh, yeah, Ben was a drug addict. And it took me until like episode five to remember, wait, no, he was mentally ill, not on drugs. So I didn't remember that. I thought Wendy was actually telling the truth. So it was a little bit lost on me until later in the season. I thought it was kind of effective, though, because I had the same thing. Where I was like, oh, yeah, I guess he was that bad. But then when you go to her dad and he's like, drugs were never his thing. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess I guess that's true. You just kind of like equated the two. But yeah, yeah I, I thought it was still it's a great point, Keith. It really showed how evil Wendy can be. Uh, I wanted to. Bring this up as its own point instead of kind of bundling all of our ending thoughts together. I was pretty surprised at this. Season four, part one did give us, you know, of course, people compare the show to Breaking Bad all the time. I get it. But we did get an actual Breaking Bad moment because this season's first episode, the opening moment is the birds all together in a car. After finishing the season, also surprising because Jonah seems to be on board with them. They're driving to some FBI meeting. And then all of a sudden, Marty gets distracted, swerves, and they do an insane crash. And the camera kind of holds on them for a second. And you see, like, Jonah and, like, Charlotte kind of slumped in the backseat. So what do you guys think of this? Is this actually a flash forward? Is this, like, one of those weird things where, like, maybe they kind of chalk it up to, like, Marty daydreaming or something? Like, because shit has really hit the fan, so he's, like, thinking about the worst possible scenario? Or is this actually going to be in Season 4 Part 2? like? Did they die? Like, what, what, did this do anything for you guys? Because I was so surprised to see this be the start of the season. I'm really glad you brought this up because I totally forgot about Me this. Too. Um, yeah, thinking back on this, because um, they were in the right side of the road and then that 18 wheeler comes into their lane. So I remember wondering if that was intentional. Yeah. If someone was trying to kill them there. With, I thought it was the KC mob, baby, because they control all that shipping stuff. Mm -hmm. But now after the crossroads, I mean, they're not really a factor anymore. So I have no idea. Um, I think it's interesting the way that car flipped. You see somebody like laying on the roof of the car, like inside the car. Mm. So clearly it was, I mean, obviously it was a terrible accident, but I wonder if anybody maybe died or died from this. Like that's, yeah. that's what I want to know. Like what if both the birds kids died and it's something because of the uh, cartel and that just really sends them like off the rails. Maybe. I don't know. I completely forgot about it as well. And I, I, I didn't catch the part that the 18 wheeler was in their lane. I thought Marty had swerved into the other lane because he wasn't paying attention. I might be wrong there, but playing it back in my head, I remember thinking like, oh, well, they were on the right side of the road. I'm really interested because it's also like, where does that show up in part two? Is that something that happens like early on and then like they're fine or something? Or is that like literally, are we going to be waiting through all like seven episodes of part two and it never happens and then we're in the finale and then maybe they do a thing where like the birds, like they get out scot-free and it's like they're going to go meet with their FBI contacts to like basically go home to our old life and then they just like die in a freak accident on the way like it could be something like that like i, I have no idea what this like there's so many things this season that i was just like oh my god what is that setting up for part two i have no idea and this was definitely up there we've only got a few months till part two comes out so do you have any predictions what are you looking forward to most here uh how do you think the show's gonna wrap up yeah so i think what i'm looking forward to the most is where it left off to see what ruth is gonna do to avenge wyatt um and then other thing I'm looking forward to is how, how are the birds going to go down or are they going to go down? If they do, is it going to be all of them or is it going to be just maybe one or two? This has never been a happy show, so I highly doubt we're heading towards a happy ending. Honestly, I could see Marty getting killed. Maybe it's just Charlotte and Jonah left with like their entire family dead because Omar did say he doesn't kill kids, but who knows what Javi does. So, gosh, I have no idea. I can't wait to see what happens, though. Yeah, I, I genuinely have no idea. I mean, there's a few things they set up. We talked about how they had Mel, the PI that desperately needs a signature or a dead body. As we know, he doesn't care. Just, I, I need a signature, Marty. It's weird that they gave us a flashback with his character I thought that was so doing stupid. coke in the evidence so locker. So stupid. I could not have cared less at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, look, oh, it's Ozark. Yet another agent with a drug problem. We haven't seen that before. <laughs> but uh, they, they did show him calling Maya after Maya made... Perhaps the dumbest mistake I've ever seen somebody make on the show. 
literally her own mother is cradling her baby and she's watching the TV and even she's like, Maya, what the fuck? Oh my God, we're <laughs> fucked. We're dead. <laughs> so somehow Does Maya, Maya come out on top. No, Maya's dying. I think I genuinely think Maya signed her death warrant with that decision. I genuinely think she will be a casualty for sure. But before she dies, I think she and Mel will somehow team up. I have to imagine their storyline would focus on taking the birds down, though, because like Mel's whole thing was like, I just want Helen's signature. But then the more he found out, the more he wanted to, like, I guess, take down Marty and Wendy. So I think that's what those two will be doing next season. I don't know if they'll succeed. And I'm kind of with you guys. There's no way all four birds make it out of this. I don't know if one of the kids dies. I think if anybody, I already said it, I feel like if any of them die, it's probably Wendy because kind of the way her character's going, I just think that might make more sense. Um, But I have no idea what the remaining birds will do. Like, do we just, like, let's say Marty and Jonah survive. Maybe they go back to the Ozarks and make a life there because Jonah likes it there or they go somewhere else. I have no idea. Um, As for the, God, I I have no idea what's going to happen. As for the Ruth and Javi thing, I think maybe she'll try on her own and then she'll bring Frank Jr. in and maybe get the help of the Casey mob to take down Javi. I on if I had to make a bet, I would I would say Wendy sacrifices the family for her own survival because they've already they've already shown Jeez. this season that she's willing to send her kid to federal prison. Like they're setting up that she's willing to do things with her family. She killed her brother last season. I I would not put her past her sacrificing her family. I either. don't think she would do that to the kids, even though she would was going to put Jonah away. I still don't think she would sacrifice their lives. But she will absolutely, without hesitation, sacrifice Marty if she needs to. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But then that could be a situation where I don't think it works. I, th- I think Marty would somehow get out of that situation. And then maybe Wendy ends up dying because of that. I don't know. Marty gets out of everything <laughs> like, so easily. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, well. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I know it. Do you think there's a scenario where it's Marty, Jonah, Charlotte, and Ruth against Wendy and the cartel? Against Wendy and the cartel. Because I don't think Wendy wants her life. I don't think Wendy wants out. No, I think she if she doesn't. had to make a choice, she would pick the cartel. She doesn't. But the problem with that is Javi won't work with her, and he's leading it right now. If Omar ends up having a big role in part two, like he doesn't immediately get killed by Javi, maybe Wendy does like a make good with Omar, and then they somehow... Again, I don't think Wendy would actively try and hurt her family. I think if a situation presents itself where like it's either that or you die, then maybe she would. But I don't think she would actively... like try and do it without any conflict preceding that just a few more months and we'll find out we'll be back on this podcast to do ozark park 2 i'm excited we only did the first half of what if if, if we want to keep a trend going i'm glad we, we only do the first I'm half glad of we didn't finish that. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys well i'm so happy to say it we have wrapped up our show and look i get it ozark has won golden globes it's won emmys it's won countless awards for acting and behind the screen but i've said it before and i'll say it again There's no award more prestigious than the Arnie Podcast Award. So, guys, who wants to start us off? Yeah, I will be giving the, hey, Puberty Did You Right Award (laughs) to Carson Holmes, the actor that plays three. This guy, when he's in that suit getting ready to go to Wyatt's wedding, he's good. He's looking good. And I have a prediction. At some point in in his future life, this man will win People's Sexiest Man Alive. Whoa! When he's playing Ron? It's going to, the title's going to be Ron Weasley, dot, 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 sexy, question mark, and it's going to be Carson Holmes. Maybe three has a bigger role in part two. Ruth doesn't even seem to care about three. <laughs> three, you're still here? I, I love when they're planning for the boat and he's not in the scene and she's like, well, go pick up three and we'll get on the boat. Yeah. What do you mean pick him up? Doesn't he live in these trailers that you're at? <laughs> so as we talked about, there are so many bad people in Ozark. There's very rarely somebody that is completely innocent. But guys, we definitely got the most innocent bystander this season. And so my award goes to them. And it is the man that was just trying to buy a coffin for his uh, recently passed (laughs) wife. And then Marty walks in and is like, okay, um, I get out of here. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a big deal. You know, somebody died. Yeah, I know it. But uh, we'll give you 25% off or uh, however many percent. I don't care. Just get out of here in five minutes. (laughs) That man was the most innocent bystander that we've ever seen in Ozark. I love the funeral home director in that scene is like, now Martin... Martin, this man's <laughs> wife just passed away this morning. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I know it. 
going against your award there, I'm going to give the Puberty Did You Wrong Award to <laughs> Jonah. Because <laughs> clearly he's not thinking straight. You know, he's, he's kind of hypocritical. He's the only person I've ever seen that looks better after a haircut from Darlene Snow. Yeah, while the testosterone is clearly making three a better person and like giving him a great body, all the testosterone like floating around in Jonah is just fucking him up at every instance. I mean, <laughs> it's a true shame. It's a true shame. We don't want to give this award to anybody, but when you have to, we have to. <laughs> all right, we'll get those awards sent out pretty soon. In the meantime, thank you everybody so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit that follow button so you never miss our upcoming content. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really would appreciate that so we continue to grow our show. Please leave us reviews as well. Even if you don't want to write anything, leaving us a five-star review over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just wherever you get your podcasts really does help us out. At The Arnie's is our social, and thearnies.media is the website. We'll be back on Tuesday for not only another bracket, but another best romantic comedy bracket. We did not get great feedback with our choices last year, so this time we let others pick for us, and we'll see what happens. How are we feeling about this, guys? I'm feeling good because this is actually the first bracket we've ever done where I will be seeing every single one of these movies for the first time. Whoa, interesting. Okay. This is next week's episode? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I gotta start <laughs> watching gotta, some gotta movies. gotta start watching. Jeez. I thought about that today. I, I watched like, oh, three fuck. last night. Oh my oh, God. Geez. I'm gonna have to watch a couple tonight then. Damn. Yeah. I'm gonna have to watch some <laughs> today. <laughs> And lastly, we want to hear from you, so please send us a message on Instagram at the Arnie's or email us thearniesmedia at gmail.com. What did you think of Ozark? Does three have a hot bob? <laughs> oh, no. Anything you say, we'll read on the show and react to it live on our latest episode. All right. Have a great week. We'll be back next time with our best romantic comedy bracket round two. And in the meantime... If you don't lack the pics of our movies this time, like you hated them last night, you can fucking kill me. He's my lover. <laughs> Girlfriend.